Hello and welcome back to the Loyal Suns show that's at the Loyal Suns on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Follow us there and follow us here for Pit Sports content you will not want to miss. If you love the backyard brawl and hate the general vibe around the Pit program going into it, this is the place for you. The Loyal Sun Show, a place for Pittsburgh sports takes. Well, boys, it's time to get over our case of the sads. I thought we were opening with hate West Virginia. Should, should I do it again? No, we're already here. We hate, hate, West, hate Virginia. West Virginia. This is the place for you. We also do hate the vibes a little bit, but we're, we're past off. that. We're feeling good now. We are. We got. We are. We are pitching out of our system. That game was bad. Whatever. This is West Virginia now. And we throw the that. records out the window. Take a shot for every time you hear that this week, and try not to die. I don't think we'd reach full death because both teams are one in one. So. I guess the records don't really matter all that much. True, true. But still, they are out the window. Gone. Gone. So, fellas, I, I think we all agreed off camera that we would we would do no final thoughts on the Cincinnati game. We are just full steam ahead, blinders on, backyard brawl. We got a trip to Morgantown on Saturday that we... We don't know if we're still going on because our tickets haven't showed up yet. They'll show up, I think. I hope. They have to. We have plans. Correct. And we paid for them. Please send us our tickets. First time in Morgantown. Squid, have you been there? Not for a football game. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. I've been in the... I've driven through the... I've had the the displeasure of running an indoor track meet in their garage disgusting dusty indoor track i went to a backyard brawl when i was about 12 years old and that is why i am terrified of our trip to west virginia this weekend a little kid like an eight-year-old ran up and kicked my brother who was a grown man at that point um just kicks him in the back of the leg runs back to his dad and his dad having seen him assault a pit fan tousled his hair and said good job buddy that is what we are walking into in just a few days you implying we should kick the little kids back if they kick us right in the teeth because we can reach them Mm -hmm. okay yeah we can't be sleepwalking to this so we got to get all juiced up again we're feeling kind of good about the football team we're also feeling kind of good about how bad West Virginia is mostly and that we can't play that bad again, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a madhouse. The game kicks off at 7.30. I was told we're allowed to go to the, the tailgate lot at 7 in the morning. What? Correct. That is... Not to inadvertently compliment West Virginia, but that is one of the benefits of going to a college town where there is like nothing around in Pittsburgh. It's like, no, you can't, you can't park in this lot until like four hours before the game because there's 
Um, there's a festival uh, on on Rooney Avenue, and then the pirates are letting out, and we can't let those things convert. Like, no, 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 no. And there's, like, and, people with jobs that need to park here. Yes, yes, there are things going on in the city of Pittsburgh and on the North Shore that preclude us from setting up a tailgate tent at 4.30 a.m., or setting up a tailgate tent in general. Um, but you have no such issues in a town like Morgantown, West Virginia. City shuts down, put up those tents, tap those kegs, fry up your squirrel. Mm-hmm. Whole lot of squirrel being grilled up. Yeah, we should bring soak down some Big Shot Bob sauce because they put it on their squirrel. Soak your couch in some kerosene. Oh man, it's gonna be brutal. It's gonna be an environment. I, I will say, is as much as I'm gonna be head on a swivel, travel in packs, try to generally stay out of angry West Virginia fans' way. I'm pretty excited about being in that stadium and see just how ridiculous it is because I feel like it's gonna be something we've yet to experience. I mean, we've, we've been to opposing seams stadiums. Uh, Tennessee fans were overly nice for the most part. Well, eh, they could be dicks too, but like, I just feel like this is going to be a different animal. And there's many years of pent up hatred in Morgantown and they are going to be, they're going to be on one. They would have been like this if the game kicked off at noon but they just decided to give them an extra seven and a half hours to drink. I don't know if you guys remember this. I remember this so vividly. I talked about this with our interview with Adam Crowley in a little bit, but after that game, we had five hours of tailgating. We were in that stadium. We were screaming because we were pissed off. We were cheering because we were happy. We were pissed off and happy and then stressed and then pissed off and then happy then almost pissed off again. Leaving that stadium, my head was throbbing so bad. I was, I was spent, and I'm just bracing myself for another slugfest in the stands. It was emotionally draining last mm-hmm. year. I like, don't it, think this year will be much different. Exactly. It was like living through a major life event, like waiting in the ER of a hospital while a loved one was was like in an operating room. It was you you just left. And even though the result was positive, you just left like I am going to go lay down and sleep for years. That is a perfect analogy. Except this is more consequential. But no, I. You have to imagine that that atmosphere is going to play a part in the outcome of the game. I mean, especially when your quarterback gives an indication that uh, he is personally impacted by uh, booing. Yeah, we didn't touch on that in the Cincy recap, but I think we should touch on it a little bit. At the time, I was mad about that comment from Phil. And, like, I think it rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. But now, thinking about it in the context of this was the wrong week and the wrong game to say that right before. Because he is going to get booed 
I mean, not that he wasn't going to get booed walking into the, onto the field, but now it's going to be 10 times harder every time he touches the ball. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're going to get a hold of this. It's going to make its rounds on Hoopy Twitter. It's going to make its rounds in the student section, and, and they're going to know whether it's spoken or unspoken among the Hoopy fans. Every time he gets a snap, boom like a ghost. So, do we want to talk about that comment from Phil? Yeah, that was bad. Uh, that was that was dumb. That was bad. I don't even completely disagree with the sentiment. No, but, he's right. But say that in the locker room to your teammates. Hey, they're idiots. They're pathetic. Those are grown ass men booing us. Like, don't don't pay that any mind. But to say it on the podium after a game which you just lost in a game that you were embarrassingly bad that's it was a bad look and that's just a simple like i mean first off phil is a six-year senior he's 23 years old he grew up in western pa he should know how western pa fans are and that's just a very simple i'm the quarterback i gotta play better Uh, they should be booing they paid for tickets like something easy like that eat it you've been prepared for this yeah, the rest of his presser was pretty like I finally listened to the rest of it uh, outside of that soundbite. And he was pretty good about being, you know, I was my footwork was bad. I have to be better. It's not like that I had to be better. It wasn't anyone else's fault. I ha- I should have been better. We're going to fix it. I'm going to get back on the film, figure out where I messed up. And then it's like he was just fed up and dropped that bomb. And I would have liked to see the. uh the reactions from those in the room when he said it. They were probably all tweeting it like, oh boy, here we go. And mute this conversation and send. Sports fans are idiots. I'm an idiot. Everyone in the stadium is an idiot in some way. I'm not saying you sign up for that if you're a professional athlete because you don't really deserve that. But if you play that bad, you kind of have to expect it. Not a professional athlete, Squid. These are amateurs. Student athletes. Yeah, yeah, he's not making a penny. Yeah, not not one red cent. Which uh, I think has made people a little even less sympathetic. Yeah, yeah, and I'm not saying that's right or wrong, but it is to be expected when you start giving these kids like six and seven figure deals that like, okay, you're you are legally above eighteen. And you make more money than me. I get to be kind of a dick when you're bad at your job. Again, not supporting it. And I I think I was a little tough on Phil in the recap. How could you not be? Um, I want him to succeed. I really Same. want him to look better. I Same. want him to keep the job. I want his college football career to go out on a good note. And him to get like the well-rounded season that he's been you know, working so hard for his whole collegiate career, one without injuries, one where he puts up good numbers. And I think he gets a longer leash because he is a Western PA kid. But man, if those comments don't shorten that leash. Yeah. You mean longer leash from fans or from the coaches? Fans. Gotcha. Because I was going to say, I think it. the good is that much better. Oh, he's a local kid. He's from here. But the bad... I think 
maybe you get it a little worse. Oh, I, I think I think coaches should be completely blind to that sort of thing, with the exception of knowing how good it looks to recruits in the area. If you're you're treating your recruits from the area well, but they need to be a little bit more. It's it's he's benching gonna, a poorly playing quarterback is going to rub the recruits the wrong way. If a recruit say, "Hey, I don't like how you treated Phil," They're like, "Well, here's the box score. That's why I did it. I want to win football games. You want to win football games? Simple as that." No, no, and you're right. And it was one specific example I used that I, I don't I, think I should agree. be extrapolated. If in it. Yeah, if it's that bad, it doesn't matter. But, but you do got to kind of tiptoe around. Like, is it this game or my my point is, I think with fans, especially. Yinzers who are so so proud of our area and so proud of the rich history of athletes that we've put out and especially the ones that have gone to pit you get a leash and it's longer than every other player the kids from Florida the kids from Cali or Ohio if we got a quarterback from Boston College with the same exact stats as Phil Dracovic and he was from New Hampshire the hype isn't the same he was which, a local kid coming home, so we bought in a lot it, more. And yes, now which, we are pissed off. Which is why it sucks so bad that so early he had a bad performance. And even if he said all the right things in that presser leading up to it, he he took a shot at the loyal sons and daughters of Pittsburgh. And uh, that's just, oh, that's a bad move. That is tough. Even if he's right. Even if he's right. Right. Well, it happened. He can win back a lot of a lot of fans if he goes down and takes care of business. I know but, another pit quarterback who wasn't great overall in his career, but beat West Virginia and is now beloved. So I've seen it done before. There's a blueprint for this. It just starts with beating West Virginia. Phil. See, that's that easy, buddy. Just go down to Morgantown and whoop some hoopy ass. It's not much of a secret that I have a home field apparel problem. Even before we started this show, I couldn't even step foot on a new college campus without making sure there was something from that school's home field collection waiting on my porch when I got home. So we are, understandably, over the moon to partner with home field this season to keep pit fans comfy cozy and stylish at a fraction of the price by using promo code LOYALSONS for 15% off your next order. This discount applies site-wide and with unique vintage collections for every school from Pitt to Bama, Jackson State to Colgate, Michigan, Marshall, Marquette, and both Miamis, there's something for every fan. So whether you're buying for a Pitt fan or for a loser freak, Use promo code LOYALSONS at homefieldapparel.com to save big on your next order. Each code applies once per email address, so get those work emails and burners ready. That's homefieldapparel.com. Please welcome onto the show 93.7 The Fan's very own Adam Crowley. Adam, welcome. Thanks for joining us. What's up, guys? You, uh, you making the trek down to Morgantown this weekend? Oh, we will be. We're going about thirty deep. We've got a we've got a big squad of Pitt fans heading down, and nice couldn't miss it. I mean, it's first time they're playing in Morgantown in how long? And 
I've actually never been to a game in Morgantown. Are time. you sitting in the pit section? We got our tickets through pit, so I'm assuming yes, but we've okay. still yet to receive them. I'm, we're starting to worry that they got lost in the mail. They'll send them. They'll send them. I would recommend, before the game, you'll have fun. I would recommend any pit fans. It's probably too late for this recommendation, but if you go down, I would sit in the pit section. Yeah, we've had some minor scuffles in the past, even with like Wake Forest fans who seem like they have Wake, Wake Forest's fans. If we're getting in trouble with them, it would be bad in the West Virginia section. So for our own good, we'll be in the pit section. Yeah, I'd say so. I think, and I think Penn State fans made this abundantly clear the last two weeks, there are no more sensitive people in the world than passionate collegiate sports fans. So even Wake... Even, I don't know, Boston College. The people that are there care. So, always best to just be a little careful, that's all. Yeah, we we appreciate a fan of a team who's not afraid to schedule us to come onto the show. I mean... We, <laughs> scared! Scared. Very scared. Um, and this rivalry, I don't think either team is scared. I think both teams kind of just hate each other at this point. But um, I, I, I think... We were hoping for a little more excitement going into this week. Like, it's Brawl Week. We're recording on Monday, so it's Brawl Week, and it's like first day. We should be all excited, but I don't think we've quite shaken Saturday night's performance yet. So uh, It's an give extended two-day hangover. Yeah, yeah. I think you'll warm to it. Uh, I think you will. I mean, listen, this is something that happens with Pitt. I'm not even trying to talk junk or anything like that. I mean, it happens. Get it out of the way. Get it out of the way, right? And then move on. I was telling people in the lot before the game, should we beat Cincinnati? Yes. But us being 2-0, going to Morgantown, seems a little too right. So I was very worried for that reason, and what do you know? Yeah, they say in a rivalry, throw the records out. I think both teams would say, yeah, let's do it. Let's throw the records out. Sure, why not? Yeah. Zero and zero, just like last year's brawl. Exactly. How much did, did you get to watch much of the Pitt-Cincy game on Saturday night? I did. We got a strange cable situation in our house like i steal doran dickerson's fubo and we got rid of cable and i use my in-laws cable login but then in our living room we have like 20 regular standard cable channels so that was how i was eventually able to find the pit game and i watched from about midway through the first quarter on Gotcha. So were you licking your chops watching Cincy run the ball down Pitt's throats, knowing that you have C.J. Donaldson on your team? That would be the thing that I would say I'm most encouraged by from the West Virginia perspective. I think West Virginia has an advantage up front against a lot of teams they're going to play this year. I know they got picked 14th in the conference. I'm not going to echo Neil Brown and say, we're not going to finish last because that's the weakest rallying cry in human history. But I, I think there's a chance, legitimately, that they could finish anywhere from like 6th through 14th. And the reason that they would finish 6th is because they've got legitimate depth on the defensive line. But their offensive line's good. They move Penn State off the ball. If they've been able to hang in that game longer, if their defense would have held up, then I think you would have seen them have even more success running the football. That's going to be the strength of their team all season long. And Pitt did struggle with that against Cincinnati. They warmed to the task more as the game wore on. But I think that's, if you're West Virginia, that would be the area of optimism. Now, the area of pessimism would be the secondary is 
guys, there's no words. I mean, it's not good. It's bad. And I didn't think it could get worse than last year. I, I don't know that it is worse than last year. I'm not certain yet through two games if it's better. But then therein lies the question. Can Pitt protect Phil? And if they do, can he find the open guys down the field? I don't think he's going to go 12 for 32 or 10 for 30, whatever it was. I don't think he's going to do that again. So I think that's the matchup to watch. It's Phil. Can they get the passing game right? And uh, if they do, can West Virginia be better on the back end than they've been through two games? Yeah, Saturday was any evidence of that. Um, Phil kind of was just doing this thing on a few plays where he would just throw the ball as high as he possibly could and hope the Cincinnati DBs got lost. So maybe we can throw off the West Virginia secondary. Already not a great unit, you know, under the bright lights in Morgantown. Maybe the ball gets lost. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't we, I don't know what team we could go up against right now where I'd feel really good about. Uh, it's funny you say that, though. Phil, even if the guys are wide open, those weren't really catchable balls. Right. doesn't matter who's playing defense. Those were not catchable balls. Now, I had heard <clears> – <throat> excuse me. Gee, I'm getting emotional about this. I had heard coming into the season from people deep within the pit program, eh, eh, like I actually had heard, believe it or not, better things about Slovis last year. And my thought was, okay, they don't want to sell that Phil's good because of what happened last year with Slovis. But I had heard from enough people that, listen, he's got a strong arm and, well, he's got a strong arm and he's been in college forever. And there were strengths that came along with that in a leadership quality that came along with that, that, that they had been singing his praises about. But the consistency, even in practice, I've heard that it's not been wonderful from Phil. And I've heard really good things, actually, about the Penn State kid whose name I can't say. But I just don't think they're going to turn it. Like, I think it would have to be a cataclysmic disaster, like three straight losses, something like that, for them to, to pull Phil out of the lineup. I think the thing with Slovis last year was, at the end of the year, we realized he actually had it in practice, but under the lights, he would choke couldn't put it together Good on the point. field and make the decisions. So we thought maybe six-year vet, big, burly, whippy old guy, Jerkovic will just get it done in Signetti's system. And there were not a whole lot of signs of that, but you know what? Like you said, we'll throw out the rivalries. Maybe, uh, maybe old Frank has a few tricks up his sleeve for the Mountaineers. Well, I do think just hearing Narduzzi's press conference, it was funny because Pat said – you know, Phil, he probably wouldn't want to, or something along the lines of a paraphrasing, he probably wouldn't want to start the game with three straight passes. I'm wondering if that's something that Signetti actually said, or if that's more Pat going, hey, you know what? Let's not start the game with three straight passes. Very and weird. I could see Pitt wanting to come out and establish the line of scrimmage. We haven't seen much of Hammond. Like, what is the deal there? Like, you guys would know better than I do. I, I have no idea why that's We happening. don't. We don't. We have no idea. We're trying to figure that out. I, I couldn't believe my eyes when I looked at the end of the game and saw that he had six touches. Like, I yeah through, through two games, it's 12 touches for a guy who I think a lot of Pitt fans thought could be an all-ACC running back. I mean, he's shown a lot of production in his t- first two years, and it's like, Ah, he's he's just one of four running backs that we're cycling right now. Yeah. I thought it was odd. I I mean, it's been odd. And 
you know, someone again, close to the program, I will protect under the uh, guise of anonymity here, but someone within the program told me, and it, I, I think this is hyperbolic because we know the season that Abana Kanda had, but he said, honestly, I prefer Hammond's all around game. I said, I, I don't know, but that tells you how they, how they felt about him at least last year. So I don't know if he's nicked up or what, but if ever there was a time to get him going, you would think it would be now. Because if they can get the running game really going, well, you take the pressure off of Phil and you got to hit some play action passes over the top. But, you know, we saw in the Penn State game, once there's a little bit of a running game established, that's when you can really get this defense. So we talked about our shaky quarterback enough. Let's talk about yours. Who would you rather have on Saturday, Garrett Green or Phil Dracovic? I knew that that was going to be a question, and I don't have a good answer for you. It's fun. There's a huge disconnect here. Garrett Green, who's West Virginia's quarterback, uh, for those uninitiated, he graded out week one against Penn State with an 80 grade for PFF. And then he was their highest graded player with over a 90 against Duquesne. Now, again, it's Duquesne. But I, I don't know that the eye test quite matches up with that. If he hits, there are two layup throws that if he hits against Penn State, they're not going to win the game, but they might make Penn State fans a little bit nervous for a little bit longer, which, my God, that's all I wanted in the world. So I don't know how to evaluate him. He is a dynamic playmaker with his legs. He has, at 5'11", he kind of reminds me, he's not as stout. He's got a Baker Mayfield kind of arm. I mean, he can, he can chuck the thing. And he's got as tight a spiral as you're going to find. I mean, he he can sling it. The problem is, and it's been largely the beginning of games, and Neil Brown talked about this today in his press conference, start of games, he's too amped up. He he like We saw against Duquesne, there were four drops in the first quarter by West Virginia's wide receivers, and that can't, that can't happen. But I put just as much of it on Garrett Green. You know, some, you don't always need to throw, I'm going to sound like Ray Searage here, but you don't always need to throw 99 miles an hour. And I think he needs to, he needs to get better at that. Uh, this was a long way of me saying, I think, I think given what West Virginia is going to ask Garrett Green to do and coming off of that performance for Phil, I would probably take Garrett Green. But if Phil had an average performance the other day, it's so hard given what we just saw to take him over anybody right now. Right now, now coming into the season, I would have said slam dunk. I'll take Phil Dracovic, but recency bias and maybe just bias in general, frankly. Yeah, I don't think uh, the first backyard brawl in, in Morgantown in over a decade is going to do anything to calm Garrett Green's nerves to start the game. Uh, so hopefully they can get get after him and get him rattled. A well, bit. you know what Dana Holgerson used to do? Skylar Howard was their quarterback in 2016, the last time they won 10 games. And he was more of like a Kansas State guy. Like, they ran quarterback power with him. Like, Dana was like, this guy can't throw anything but the deep ball. But he was the same kind of way. He would get too amped up. So, I bleep you not, the first possession of every game, the first play, he would call quarterback power. Just so that his quarterback would get hit, and he'd be like, all right, I'm in the game. I would not rule something like that out this weekend. Just get him, get him hit by design almost and get him into the field thing. I miss Dana. So, Miss Dana, how, how, how are you feeling about Neil right now? 
Neil does a lot of things well Sunday to Friday. Like a lot of things well. Like he he has not done a good enough job of player retention. They had a lot of players transfer prior to this offseason. This offseason wasn't as bad. Not to say it was good. It wasn't as bad. But he's brought in good high school talent. He's developed this offensive line, although he got lucky that three really good West Virginia linemen in-state existed, which never happens really in the history of West Virginia football all at once. He's done a good job recruiting. He, I think, does a good job with like the community relations. Um, the facilities have undergone an unbelievable upgrade. I mean, they are really good facilities, and, and he really pushed for that. But when it comes to game day, he's a, he's a classic overthinker. He, he, he far too often goes off the sheet and not by the gut. Case in point, last year where the percentage points, I guess, favored a little bit more to punt the ball on that fourth down than oh, to yeah. run it with we C.J. Donaldson. It was, I mean, it was ridiculous. I mean, throw the freaking sheet away. You want to you go win the game, you're an underdog, go win the, go win the game. The sheet goes out in the backyard brawl in the fourth quarter. I, I mean, correct. You know, Dana Holger, I come back to Dana, and it's not like Dana was any great shakes or anything, but when they went down to Texas and Will Greer won in Texas and they went for two, the TV cameras caught. It's one of the great moments in recent Mountaineer history. You go for the one, you tie the game. You go for two, you win. Dana Holgerson goes over to Will Greer and goes, you want to win the game? And Will shakes his head. He goes, go fucking win the game. Am I allowed to swear? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. He he doesn't have that. Now, Dana, I thought, was a really good Saturday coach and an excellent schemer, but Dana left a ton to be desired from a program building standpoint. So there's a big difference between these two. If they go 7-5 and five and beat Pitt, though, guys, or if they go 6-6 six and six and beat Pitt with the financial ruin that they're in, and thanks, Bob Huggins, for everything you did, I think he's going to keep his job, as weird as that sounds. That does sound very weird. That was our next question. Like, how bad does he need this? And do you think he'll be a little bit, like, extra desperate or, like, extra risky? I know against Penn State, there are a lot of fourth down. Well, they tried to go over four and fourth down, and they just did a lot of dumb stuff. So That's correct. Is he That's in, correct. like, that fight-or-flight moment? Like, I'm calling the plays, and we're doing a bunch of weird shit because we have to, and who cares? So I don't think that's really in his DNA. Honestly, he did it against Penn State. You're a 20 and a half point underdog. You're playing in front of, I don't know if you guys know this. They have 110,000 people there. They're going to tell you all the time. I'll look at how many people come into our really? stadium. I haven't heard that. Uh, listen, oh. it's a special environment and it's a tough, it's a tough, tall task. And if you're going to win that game, you got to be weird. You got to do some, some silly stuff. I think Pitt is rightfully favored in this game. However, it's basically a pick them. Right now, it's Pitt favored by a point. I think it opened at two, then it was one, then it was two, and now it's one again. And this is on Monday when we're doing this, so we'll see where it winds up. Uh, I think if they execute in the trenches the way that they can, then you can win this game being at home without having to do the weird stuff. Um I don't know if you play on a neutral site, if I'd say the same thing. Uh, I don't I don't think if it was at Acrisure that I would say the same thing. This is going to be a special environment for the backyard brawl for the first time now since, what, 2011. And you guys, you guys know. I mean, there's a hatred. There's a venom. And it's going to – it should be a special atmosphere. I don't know that he would have to do the weird stuff to win. you got to play a clean game. I mean, you got to play well. Like they can't play a bad game and win. 
but I don't think he's going to think he needs to necessarily dip into the bag of tricks. I am long-winded today. I apologize. No, we love it. We Fire love it. Up. I mean, good. What, what do you think? David's of, back. I'm back. Yeah, he just snuck back in here uh, with his. Did yeah, you hear an echo? I can leave again. <laughs> yeah, just get out. Never mind. See you later. Did it really echo? Uh, you don't sound great. We'll see. We'll see you later, David. He tried. <laughs> um, oh, he's back. Oh, he's gone. He kicked him out. Uh, you had mentioned like the atmosphere down there. I mean, what were they thinking scheduling the game at seven thirty? It's going to be a a circus down there. It is, and and that it actually irks me, guys. All this conference realignment, and we know. I mean, ESPN and Fox, they really made college football what it is today and by that I mean ruined it to an extent and yet last year oh guess what we're going to open the season with this rivalry because people not just locally but nationally they want to watch a rivalry we'll, we'll have college game day we'll put it on to kick off the season now week three and there's not a ton of compelling games on the schedule but there's enough oh sure let's put it on ABC so I think it's total hypocrisy for me ESPN no one cares about regionality and then all of a sudden, the game that they want all the eyeballs on is this one. Now, I think the country is in for a treat. Uh, and what the country is in for is what I think is going to be you know, a hard-fought, bloody kind of affair. A pit team that wants to perform much better than they did last time out. And a West Virginia team that, I'll tell you this, they're not going to quit for Neil Brown. Even if things go south, they're not. Like That's not something that's going to happen with him. Uh, he, he might not save his job. They might go four and eight, whatever. They're not going to quit on him. They haven't the last few years. And his guys buy into him. The ones that stick around, they buy into him. But so you're going to see their best pulling on that rope. And you're going to see, I think, a much cleaner, just Pat Narduzzi's a track record, a much cleaner game out of Pitt. But I still think it's not going to be beautiful on the eyeballs and the national audience is going to get treated to to four hours of whatever that is going to be gestures wildly. I think a safe bet would be this is going to be a rock fight. Yeah, that's a much more succinct way of saying what I just spent a lot of time saying. Yeah. It's the over-under. We're looking at 50 and a half. So uh, uh, it could get it could get a it could be a weird 50, a weird over there. But that's a that's a great call. And I'll tell you this, like yeah, like receivers or corners fall down, like a busted 80 yard run. It's like big play, but bad play in a way. Yes, I could see that. And what I've been saying is I don't bet and James Franklin ruined the last time I would ever bet, but I don't I don't bet on West Virginia <laughs> because I, my mind gets clouded. Like I just can't. I can't. And what I've been telling people is Pitt could have won that game on Saturday with as bad a quarterback play as you're going to see. I mean, it was, it just wasn't Phil's best. He knows that. I, if I were betting, I would probably bet on Pitt though, before that reason. Like if he is average against what has shown to be for the last two games and then 12 for last, the last 14 games to be a not good secondary, then yeah, I, th- I mean, I think that's where the money should go, if that makes sense. So you like the one and a half? You'd, you'd take pit one and a half? If you had to? Last year, I waited until I got the hook. And I bet on West Virginia to cover because it wound up being seven and a half. 
and Bryce Ford, friggin' Wheaton, and all that nonsense. Devin Shire and Bill Hillgrove and Pat Boss. They get it. Whatever. Now I'm having PTSD. I don't know. I say that I think that it. it I that is how I would. That's how I would couch it if I were going to bet on Pitt. Now, if I were going to put the money on West Virginia, I would say they need it. It's their Super Bowl. They're playing at home. You're not going to find a better atmosphere in college football this weekend, I don't think, than that one. And they're prob- they're definitely better on the offensive line, and I think that there's a legitimate chance that West Virginia's defensive line can exploit some of the flaws that Pitt has shown on the offensive line. So that's how, if I was going to bet on West Virginia, that's how I'd say. How about that? How about sitting on a fence? That's exactly what you wanted, Dylan. I was, I was just going to ask, is there any way we can get a score prediction out of you? Or is it too early in the week for you to give one of those out? We're taking the under, and we're going 13 West Virginia, 9 Pitt. Oh. You can't do that. I don't know about the under, though. Like, I... Like, I got to be honest, college football is insane. Like, I think Narduzzi said it that that was really the first game. And the way I look at it for West Virginia is this is the first game. Like, I I could not really paint you a picture going into the season of how they were going to be anything other than one-on-one coming into this. Right. And how they got there was a little weird and... You know, they were super flat early against Duquesne because, shit, they played Penn State. Now they're about to play Pitt, and for God's sakes, it's Duquesne. And uh, the lightning delay, I think Neil Brown kind of read them the riot act, and they looked the way that they were supposed to. But, you know, it was kind of a weird way of getting a one-and-one. But I always thought they would be one-and-one, and and the season really starts. Like, you talk to people within the West Virginia program, and I have, you know, they really think that they can be okay here. And they could maybe win eight games. But the way that they have to get there, they have to win these three home games. They have to beat Duquesne, which they did. Then they have to beat Pitt. And then there'll be a relative pick them next week with Texas Tech coming to town. So, like, that's their focus. They want to go, they want to be three and one. And then you start taking your swings. I don't know what I'm saying. It should be a doozy. It should be a doozy. You asked us at the beginning, but we didn't ask you, are you going down? Are you going to be in Morgantown? I will be, but it's going to be a business trip. I'm not, I'm not partaking in my usual festivities. I was at the, uh, I was at the brawl last year, and guy comes up to me and goes, "Hey, are you Adam Crowley?" I said, "Yeah." He goes, "Oh, well, fuck you." <laughs> and, uh, I'm like, "Okay, all right." And then I got shoved in a bathroom at one point. That time, I wasn't even being smarmy. I just had to pee, and I, I was alone wearing West Virginia stuff, and some guy shoves me. I was like, all right. So I'm going to be on my best behavior, but uh, I will be there. And I'll be sitting alongside Owen Schmidt, the uh, the fullback, the former no fullback, way. the runaway beer truck. No way. Yeah. He'll be wearing a neck plate or back plate, whatever they call it. Oh, those. I think that's just fused to his spine. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that thing ever comes off. He looks well, if you're in Morgantown, you'll have some fans to back you up. I don't think anybody will try to fight you. You'll have your squirrel at your tailgate, all that good stuff. It'll be it's just biz- business trip, business trip. And I might be driving Doran Dickerson home after he does his sideline duties. We haven't we haven't quite figured all that out. If that's the case, we might just do a reaction podcast while we're driving down 79 and then 
shoot that bad boy out. But I want I want that. We'll I want a reaction <laughs> from you two driving together. Let's see if you, you guys know, make it all the way back home without fighting each other. Well, the funny thing is, like if Pitt if Pitt were to lose the game, he would they do the podcast. Fun, yeah. If if West Virginia loses, like there's no way that they, that West Virginia loses and it's not soul crushing like last year. Like that's just the way it has to be. And so I will not I will probably not want to do the podcast at that point. We'll see. We'll see where your mind's at. Where where what do you guys think? You, who who would you bet on? This this loss from Saturday night's a little fresh in my mind. It's uh like we said, we haven't completely gotten over it, but I don't know. I, I think Narduzzi responds well after losses his teams historically have. I think they're gonna clean a lot of that stuff up. And I just, like you mentioned earlier, I don't think Dracovic can play that bad again. If, if he does, there has to be some changes made. But I don't think he can be that bad again. I think they clean some things up. And I, I do, as of right now, feel that we can, we'll can go in and win that game. Yeah. Right now, I'm thinking Pitt wins on like a last-second field goal. Probably by Saturday, I can talk myself up to Pitt winning by like 7-10. to 10. But we're not there yet. After hearing how bad your secondary is, I feel a lot better that – was like getting shot with morphine. Like I feel real good now. Yeah, I I would say it's like I think with that matchup with Phil and the line and West Virginia's secondary, it's gonna be like a four hour rock, paper, scissor battle where both dudes just keep putting paper down. Like I, I don't think that it's it's not gonna look pretty. Like I think Phil's probably he couldn't take the booze at, at Acrisure. I think he might give the ball to West Virginia a time or two, which is really something we haven't seen. But then I also think he might hit a 75 yarder and a 45 yarder, and it kind of evens out that kind of deal. So I don't have a great feel. Like I, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be wild. Like Squid, if it's gonna be if there's if Pitt kicks a last second field goal, here's how this is going to happen because this is how it happens for West Virginia. Pitt's going to line up for a 35 yard field goal. They're going to miss it, and West Virginia's going to be offside by a pubic hair, and then they're going to move it up. It's going to be a 30 yarder. He's going to hit that off the upright and in. Yep, exactly right. Exactly right. I know one thing for sure. Last year, Pitt won last year. Casey forgot, but Thank at you. the end of the day, I felt like. I was playing the game in the stands from yelling, cheering, hitting each other. It was just like, oh, my God, I need to sleep for four days. I can only imagine what it will be like after the game, win or lose. It will be it'll be absurd. Well, you might actually get beat up. True. Travel in packs. I'd probably deserve it. I'm not going to act like I, I wouldn't. I, have I mean, this, this is this is clear as day. Yours, you are much safer if Pitt loses, like much safer, and you won't have any problems in your section. You won't have any problems, I wouldn't think, honestly, before the game. And even still, like we get a bad rap, it's not going to be the majority of people who are going to give you stuff. But if Pitt wins and it's like last year, I would just hang around, listen to the band a little bit, let the let the parking lot clean out, and then and then get on your caravan back to Pittsburgh. That's a good call. That's a good call. Well, we'll see if we have to keep our head on a swivel. Well, more or less 
than we would have before the game, after the game this week. But yeah, it should be fun. Rivalries like this are what make college football great. I hate the TV networks for ruining this, but at least they give it, given us this for at least four years. So uh, appreciate you coming on, Adam. Wish we could have got more of a score prediction out of you, but uh, hey, I gave we, it. That doesn't count. But uh, if we see you down in Morgantown, we'll be cordial. We'll give you a head nod and we'll keep it pushing. And uh, maybe maybe we'll circle back on this next year. 28-27, West by God, Virginia. I'll tell you that part out. I think you're Thanks wrong. Thanks for having me, boys. It. Absolutely. You're always welcome on here. Well, not always. Only when we play West Virginia. That's year. fair. Mm-hmm. Good day. Thanks, guys. Now it's time for the Loyal Sun Sportsbook Backyard Brawl Edition. Fellas, we made it. Oh, sponsored by the original Big Shot Bobs. How were those wings this week? I missed them. Unbelievable, as usual. Real good batch. Christ. Yeah, you missed out. Um, fellas, what what's the score status? Squid, can you update us here? I I know I'm continuing to dig myself into a hole here. Yeah, Dylan, uh, I might fade you every pick this week. David's in first with seven. I cut the lead. I have six now, and you are still trailing with three. How are you this bad at this? They don't call me Mr. Mush for no reason. That's why I might be putting in a hefty uh, security mush on, on West Virginia this week. Just, you know. For help to help the boys, it's yeah. I don't want anyone to take that the wrong way, but I want to do. We should my part. set up a mush fund where everyone who follows us donates like five bucks, and Dylan takes all that money and bets it on West Virginia, and West Virginia would then lose. So you're basically just paying five bucks for a pit win. If you love pit and you're listening to this, you need to assemble your personal mush team six the worst bettors that you personally know, all your buddies that could bet on the sun to rise tomorrow and cause the end of civilization. And you put as much money as you're comfortable on West Virginia. Yeah. For our, for our group, it's typically me and and a select few others. It's an honor to be a part. And Christian Lejeune. It's an honor to be a part. Ah, He's on a little bit of a heater right now, but anyway, uh, Let's get into this week's sports book. See if I can maybe scratch and claw my way back here a little bit. Um, first one. I think you guys will like this one. Over or under one and a half snaps for Christian Vayer this weekend. So I, I went one and a half. I don't want it to be the, you know, Phil gets his helmet popped off one play. Vayer has to come in, hand the ball off one time. No, this is like, is there a chance that Bayer has to come into the game for an extended period of time because of Phil's performance? Or I guess it could be two times that Phil's helmet gets popped off, but I think it's safe to assume that if he has to play more than one snap, there's there's a reason behind it. No, the line makes sense. And uh, if I may, Jesus Christ, uh, it's week three and we're here. Uh Squid, do you have anything particular you want to go, or have I accidentally oh, signed myself this is up your to boy. go first? This is your boy. You got to go first. <laughs> I'm going to go under. 
I think I think we could I don't actually think this, but I'm going to say it because then it exists in the world. Um, I think Dracovic might pull a Pat Bostic and just have a career defining performance as squid alluded to earlier. Um, <laughs> or at least just does enough to keep his job. That's a wide range there. <laughs> what you mean being barely good enough to not get benched <laughs> to one of the most iconic games in Pitt's history and the most consequential win in the program in years? Yes, this will be the biggest game that Phil plays. I do not think his leash is that short yet. I do not think he will play bad enough to where he gets benched. Adam Crowley, David, you weren't on due to technical difficulties. So insider trading here. He told us the West Virginia secondary is very bad, worse than last year. So I think Phil plays better, not saying much, but he plays pretty good. And nowhere close to the realm of we need to yank this guy. Yeah, also shout out to Kitty Pickett for chewing through my mic cord, so I had to miss that one. Good shit. Um, so you're going to undersquid? Correct. You know, I could spin this another way. Phil goes down there and just blows the brakes off the hoopies to the point where Vayer just gets some garbage time snaps. Wow. Because we're winning by 40 points. Um, but I've seen nothing that tells me that that's going to be the case. <laughs> so, and I also feel like um, I would just dig myself into a deeper hole if I go on the over here. I, I could try to steal some points here. Also, I think you guys are both right. I don't think it would have to be miserably bad to the point where we made this ban this podcast if Phil had to get benched. So for that reason, that reason only, I'm going to go under here because we might not be back on here next week if uh, if we have to plug Vayer in. Yeah, I mean, first of all, that would mean no more Big Shot Bob's wings. So... You know, I, I I think we are we all want this podcast to continue existing, if for no other reason. Um, second of all, yeah, Dylan, you got to take your points. It's too early in the season to panic, and, and and just take the over because we took the under. So I I appreciate you following your heart. Under, under it goes. Okay, next one. Um, this might this one might be a little hard to quantify, but we might send Squid around with a little pitch count clicker uh, over under a thousand eat shit pit chance heard directly or directed at us personally us three so it's like 333 each i think we get there within the first like two hours of arriving in morgantown like we probably get a few if we stop at sheets on the way there like we get out of the car for the first time to like stretch our legs figure out like which direction the tailgate lot is we get like four or five more the over hits before the game starts. Question. Uh, is it like individual chance? Like every time we hear the phrase eat shit pit, like if someone goes eat shit pit, eat shit pit to eat shit. That's three. three. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm donkey punching that over. Do they have another chant 
thing they say. Like yeah, I, I they do I'm, that. Let's go Mountaineers. Oh yeah, yeah, they do have that. I was gonna say. Wait, and you guys have never seen this before. It is the worst thing in the entire world. You are going to want to drive screwdrivers into your your ear holes. They do the worst first down cheer you will ever hear in your entire lives. It is insufferable. It is long. It is drawn out. It is like makes no sense. It doesn't sound good. It just exists purely to be obnoxious. West I'm Virginia not, fans being obnoxious, I'm shocked. I'm not like I'm not gonna do it for a number of reasons on this mic, but I just want you and everyone listening to be prepared for what you see and hear the first time West Virginia gets a first down if that ever happens. So this isn't the Panther. No, no, it's I I can't even just 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 get ready. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I'm hammering the over because I think they are taught those three words when they were toddlers and they're, they just all instinctively say it whenever they see you. Well, they aren't taught how to read or write. Right. So this is just their form of communication. So that's an easy over. Well, we're two for two all picking the same here. So let's see if we get any variety here. I can kick this next one off um, over under 15 and a half touches for Rodney Hammond this week. Uh, that would eclipse the amount of touches he's gotten through the first two games of the season, which is a sentence I did not think I would be saying a month ago or even three weeks ago. He had six touches against Cincinnati and we talked about it earlier. Like, could he be a little banged up? Is that why he's not getting carries? But at some point you got to get him healthy, right? You got to get him involved in the offense. I don't know how you can go into Morgantown in a must-win game against your arch rival and have any excuse for not making a concerted effort to getting Rodney Hammond, who I think we all agree is, if not the best offensive weapon on this team, top two. And it would be unacceptable to not get him involved early and often. So I'm going to go over just because I think it would be absolutely insane if they don't go over on this. Squid? I'm going to go under. I think that'd be a big jump. They could have been saving him for this game. But like we saw, they went to SIBO early. Dan Carter was still in the mix. I'm praying we get like 14. I actually hope we get more, but I don't think we will. And there's a chance we're going to have to throw the ball more than we'd like. Because we're losing. I, also, I, our O-line didn't look very good. So that's worrying. Yeah. It is quite worrying. Yeah. Yeah. Watching um, like very established guys who have started for multiple years just get blown the fuck over against Cincinnati. Not promising. Dante Corleone Not. had a... Collage Cansey esque performance. Yeah, and that's really abysmal because he looks like Cansey ate Cansey. Nobody that fat should be that disruptive. But I digress. Uh, 
I'm hammering the over because it's it's gotta, man. It's gotta. Like they they can't logically and I know I thought this the last two weeks keep him off the field again. It would be irresponsible. Negligence. Felonious negligence. Agreed. So do we think they're going to get him involved early and often? Do you think it'll be, I mean, I don't know. Will they get him some passes out of the backfield if the running game isn't going early? I don't know. Like I'm you worried said. they will try to overcorrect what they did last week. Last week they threw the ball three straight plays to start the game. They threw the ball a lot often and did not establish the run game. And then we were down and we couldn't run it. I hope they, well, I don't know if I hope this happens, but I think they will try to overcorrect that and run the ball maybe too much. I think Pitt needs to solidify the run game. Like, they need to be able to run the ball for this offense to work. Just find an offensive identity. I know that's easier said than done, but like. Figure it out. What are we? Yeah. That's a great question. Two games in the season. I have no clue. Decide what we're going to be and wash, rinse, and repeat whatever that thing is. Yeah. But also make it handing Rodney Ham in the football. Right. <clears throat> Side note, do, do we think they're going to start true freshman BJ Williams on the line again? That was kind of a... What, what's going on here? Well, all we heard about all, all preseason was how good this O-line was. I know Jacoby got hurt, which is which sucks, but all we heard was how good this O-line was going to be, how experienced, how, how good they are up front, and then actually week two we're going to toss a true freshman out there. Yeah, the Jacoby injury was back-breaking, I think. Um, but I just can't wrap my head around Ryan Bayer not being out there and a true freshman being out there. And I've, I've heard it a thousand different times from different people who would know uh, that they don't love him at guard. But like after Saturday, I think I might not care. Figure something out. He's just good enough of a football player that it shouldn't matter at this point. It can't be worse than what we saw on Saturday. And I'm not faulting BJ Williams for that. He's a true freshman in an impossible situation. Right. Yeah, they got to figure something out up front or it's going to be a long season. Okay. We've got another offensive prop here and one that, quite frankly, I uh, I pray goes over and I'll just kick it off with uh, over under four and a half catches for Bart. We've been, we're going on like, a year and a half now of bitching that they don't use him enough. And I, I, it's probably the most upset I was about last week's game was the fact that he didn't play in that drive after single-handedly putting six points on the board over under four and a half catches for Bart. I'm going over because just like the Rodney Hammond prop, I will be very, very upset if they don't force feed him the ball a little bit. I wanted to say under because I think they will get the ball into the receiver's hands more. They might try to do a lot more screen passes, quick passes to the receivers out wide to maybe open up the run game. But I'm going to say over just because 
I don't know how you watched last week's game and think we need to throw this guy the ball less. So I'm going over. Gross negligence would be the answer. Mm-hmm. Fool me one time. Shame on you. Fool me two times. Shame on me. Fool me three times. Fuck the peace signs. Load the chopper. Let it rain on you. I I think this one's a bridge too far. I, I can see 15 carries for Rodney Hammond. I can't see them all of the sudden. Because they, they did it last year. I've, I've physically seen Frank Signetti call 15 plays designed for Rodney Hammond in a game. I have never once seen him make a concerted effort to involve Gavin Bartholomew. And I, I, Dylan, I appreciate what you're doing. You're, you're wishing it into existence. Follow your heart, but bring your brain along as a chaperone. It's going under. I, I've just never seen it, and I don't think I ever will. Yeah, I'm starting to. You're right. You're right. I should be using my brain, but it's it's brawl week, so I'm going with my heart. Devin Bartholomew has two games with over four and a half catches in his career. Well, make it three on Saturday. Tennessee and Syracuse the year prior. Five for 50 and a touchdown. That is simply not enough. Yeah. Yeah. I guess we'll see on Saturday. Oh, brother. Signetti, figure it out. Uh, This is a West Virginia player prop. The West Virginia player I am the most scared of, petrified of even. Um, One CJ Donaldson. Will he go over under 110 and a half rushing yards on Saturday? 110 and a half. You put this lower than I thought you would. Yeah, maybe Vegas knows something. Anybody? Kick us off, David. Let me decide what I want to do first. I, I don't know. I I was going to say, I think if, if this goes over, it means West Virginia wins. And if this goes under, Pitt wins. Um, I will say you did, you did set it. A little bit lower than I thought we'd put it at like 130. And that I think would be a real indicator. I can sell myself on him running for 110 yards and us still winning the football game. Um, especially because we saw last week what a rugged offensive line and a big tough back could do to this pit team. That was ugly. And we are going up against a better offensive line and a better running back. So give me the over. I haven't decided yet, and I still have about five minutes before I decide if we're winning or losing this game. But I I, I do think C.J. Donaldson is going to be rather effective against us. Unless he isn't, in which case he won't be. Squid. What was the line again? 110? 110 and a half. You know how many times is it over 110 in his career? 
once and it was against Pitt. He's came close a couple other times, but I do not think he does it again. I think they load up the box and they make Garrett Green beat them. Donaldson still has a big game, not as big as last year. Give me the under. Yes, yeah, Squid, I was wondering if you were doing your research on that stat checker Squid over there. Um, I did not know prior to setting the line how many times he had gone over. And as we were doing this, I started checking. And I found out that, yes, the pit game where he went 7 for 125 is the only game he's gone over 110. He's gone for 101, 106, 104 in other games. Um, but wish I had known that tough squash. You already picked. Um, and I'm also not completely convinced that he won't go for 150 on Saturday. Uh, but I think, I think Pitt has had their game. Uh, Kiner for Cincinnati has had the game where a running back torches them. I think Narduzzi, they've cleaned some things up with those young safeties, young linebackers. And, I think they hold him under 110. I hope they hold him under 110 because once again, it could be a long day if CJ Donaldson has a big game. Like you said, Squid, they really need to make Garrett Green beat them. Um, and I worry, like, does, does loading up and focusing on Donaldson not beating you again, does Garrett Green beat you with his legs? Not to, not to give any compliments to Garrett Green. I think he stinks, but he is a dynamic athlete and he can beat you once or twice. And, you know, in a game like this, that might be all, all it takes is, uh, we, we saw last week, the safeties didn't look good. I mean, there was a lot of, a lot of early, like 20 or 2021 Eric Hallett vibes and no disrespect to Eric Hallett. He ended up being a absolute stud safety for Pitt. But do you remember he was kind of, I don't want to say scapegoated, but I mean he had some he had some a rough go at it early. early he on. looked a little aimless out there. Right. So and we saw some of that from PJ O'Brien. We saw honestly, like Javon McIntyre got run over. Um Donovan Millen, I thought, came in. I mean, I don't watch the all twenty two tape, so I don't know what his if he was reading the right guys, but I like that Donovan McMillan comes downhill and like lights guys up. He has a wrestling background. He's a a guy that they said could have potentially maybe been a star linebacker for Narduzzi. Um, I'd like to see how that safety contest shakes out back there, but it, it was rough early last week. But it seemed like they figured it out in the second half for the most part. So I'm going to go under here. Long way to say I'm going under for Donaldson. That being said, uh, it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if, if he had a big game. I mean, I think five minutes after last year's brawl, after we calmed down and we're done in our state of euphoria. We are all like, yeah, so I hope CJ Donaldson transfers to Alabama because I don't want to see him next year. Yeah, I took the under, but he might have this like sealed in the first half. I'm fully convinced that could happen. All right. The first touchdown score this is a tough one. Um, it's, it's not as cut and dry as Izzy Abanacand last year. We thought it would. David, we reduced Rodney Hammond's uh, total to you get one point for picking him, but I mean, I'm putting know. it back up to five now because he's just not seeing the field. You gave me 10 for Eli Kasanovich, and they played um, a not very different amount of snaps last week. 
Yeah, and Kasanovich is now a student coach, so he, he wasn't even eligible to play. Yeah. Well, that was last year against Western Michigan, but whatever. Um, Let's go. He's still worth one because I think Signetti's going to give him the ball. Okay. He doesn't. Um, anyone want to go first in fear that you'll get your pick taken? Squid? I'm going to take Hammond. All right. I'll be the guy. Give me Rodney Hammond. I think he is a goal linebacker. Like I said, this is going to be a scrappy game, so I think we'll be down around the one. And I'm like, all right, Rodney, you're fresh. Get in there for us on the third and go left. We got stuffed the last two times. I hope that's the case. Uh, I'm going to go. Should I do it? Give me Phil Dracovic. Phil Dracovic gets him on the board early. We're down by the goal line. He uses that big 245-pound frame. He gets into the end zone. Phil's on the board. It's a much-needed relief. He he takes a couple. He takes a hit. He's into the game now, and that's the beginning of the Phil Dracovic redemption tour with getting a victory in Morgantown. I very much thought you were about to say Garrett Green, and I was about to sucker punch you through the camera. Never. I, I did think about CJ Donaldson, though. I'm feeling frisky this week. I kind of want to pick someone very random. Go for it. We don't know how who they're even going to play. They apparently, yeah, hand the ball to anyone. Well, the last two weeks, that's what they've been doing because they don't want to put anything on tape for West Virginia. It's very smart. You wouldn't understand it. Um, let's give me Day Day Reynolds. Okay. I think he earned a little bit of trust last week. I think they could start going after him a little bit more. Yeah. Like we said, he had two catches for 36 yards, but both catches were pretty impressive. Um, I don't hate the pick. Well, here we are. It's time to do it. Pitt, as of right now when we're recording, is one and a half point favorites. We're going to give a score prediction. Let us know if you think they cover. I guess they're, I mean, technically, yeah, they could not cover this and still win the game. Um, Squid, you want to go first? I will go first. I said this somewhat kind of jokingly when we talked to Adam Crowley, but I, I'm going to stick with it. I think we went on a game-winning field goal. Maybe not as time expires, but it'll be like the last drive of the game, under a minute left, and Pitt is trailing, and Ben Sauls redeemed himself, makes a field goal, and we win. I say we win 24-27. I fear for our safety if that's how that game ends. So we don't cover, but we win. <laughs> Ballsy pick. I like it. Also kind of hedging your bets there. Uh, Some math worked out. David, do you want to go or you want me to take this? I'll go. Uh, 
God. Uh... Last week, we were all pretty close on our scores. They were just flipped. Yeah. We all had 27-24, 26-20, 29-23. Pitt winning, but if you flip those around for Cincinnati, we were only off like a combined like four points both ways. So we read the game well. We just did not read who was going to have the higher number total. Well, mm. mm-hmm. Big part of it. Yes, quite. So I've been in a really shitty mood all day thinking about this game. And I really, really shaking in my boots would be an understatement. I just kept envisioning ways that we would drop this game. But then we started talking about it. And I I listened to you guys talk with Crowley while my mic was not working, just sitting there. An attendee. And it kind of got the, the blood moving a little bit. And then I heard Dylan say the words Phil Dracovic revenge tour. Redemption. What's the difference? Fair. And I said, yeah, all right. Pit covers 31 to 28. Phil absolutely redeems himself. There will still be problems there. He'll throw two picks. And we will be nervous for our lives, as we have every right to be leaving that stadium after Pitt pulls it off. But listen, every single year that Pitt has been good, so the last two years, we have had a loss that made us go, oh, we're screwed and this team is terrible and... We've given a lifetime contract to a coach who's never going to get us there. And we're just too flawed as a program. We're never going to grow. It's, it's over. And then later found out, oh no, that was just our, our one yearly or two yearly ridiculous boneheaded loss where everybody was unprepared and maybe the whole team had the flu, who knows, but we're going to be okay. This team is going to be okay. They're Come hell or high water, they're going to be okay. And that starts Saturday in Morgantown, West Virginia. I like it. You've got me ready to go. Um, and I, I agree with you in that sentiment. I mean, what, what, are, what better way to turn around your season to propel yourself into a winning streak, into turning around a season that looks fairly bleak at the moment than getting a win over your rivals in Morgantown, West Virginia. I mean, this is a game that the implications of a, of a game in, in years past that has ruined West Virginia's season, who's changed the trajectory of Pitt's program moving forward. So that's what we're going to see on Saturday night. I think it's going to be a nail-biter. I don't think we're going to be comfortable, as both of you have pointed out. I think this game is just going to be flat out weird. Um, it's it's going to be turnovers. It's going to be missed kicks. It's going to be drop passes. It's going to be a goofy looking game. But I think ultimately 
Panthers pull it out. It's going to be an ugly score, ugly game. 21-16, Pitt. Low-scoring affair, a rock fight, if you will. But we're going to leave that stadium. And maybe against other opponents, we aren't thrilled with only putting up 21 points. We're not thrilled with the sloppy play. But we're going to be thrilled because we just beat the Hoopies. So, not the sexiest score, not the sexiest prediction, but I'll take the outcome. There's only one thing you got to do on Saturday, and it's win. Please win. Please win. Thank you again to Adam Crowley for joining us. Always great to have him on to talk about the brawl, uh, but also kind of hope he has a terrible Saturday. So before we send you all into Brawl Week, uh, I'd like to offer up the room to talk about some final thoughts brought to you by Guerrero Law. That's G-U-R-R-E-R-A-L-A-W.com. Uh, Guido is licensed in Pennsylvania and Ohio. Dylan, would you like to kick us off? You didn't want to ask me what the worst thing that happened to me this week was? Yeah, let's do it. What was the worst thing that happened to you this week? I think you know. I was kidding. What was the best thing that happened to you this week? That it's no longer. That the weekend of from hell ended. I don't know. It, it sucked. Um, How sweet would it be if like Guido could sue like Frank Signetti for coming up with a terrible game plan or Matt Canada for coming up with a terrible game plan. I'm going to look into that. I'm going to okay. give Guido a call. Yeah. Uh, my final thought, just found this out a few minutes ago, uh, Panther Pit. It's a bar in Oakland located right off campus. Uh, for those older people, you may remember it as ADs. Also, I'm drawing a blank. What, what else was it? Anyway, um, apparently it was raided because of uh, selling liquor and selling booze without a liquor license. Um, Why is this noteworthy? Uh, Not that much other than we saw a picture posted the other day that they were having a $20 dance party. And in quotations, it says, we do not sell alcohol. In quotations, please tip your bartender. And I just thought that was hysterical. (laughs) Because they were clearly charging a $20 cover and that was covering your booze to get in. I don't know. Kind of hilarious. I think this is also the second time they've been shut down within the last couple of months. Um, went in there once, actually, after I think it was the Pitt-Syracuse basketball game. Either Pitt-Syracuse or Pitt-Miami. I forget which one. Um, and 26-year-old me at the time, now 27 old man uh being in there amongst all the all the youth it was it was quite the experience definitely a one time never go back but uh i can't imagine they bounce back from this one so r.i.p panther pit i had I thought about that in there i saw they posted they were having a throwback party as well where everyone was asked to wear the old navy blue and poop gold and block text pit logo stuff. That was the theme for the weekend coming up. I don't know when, but I thought that's kind of funny. But then I realized I would be like the old guy in project X showing up, like playing pong with people a lot younger than me. And was like, yeah, well 
I'm not going to go. I can't do that. I think it's very funny that this legitimate business used uh, the same strategy to circumvent liquor laws as like any fraternity would. Like, no, 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 a we... legitimate business is a bit of a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> they probably have an LLC. They they own brick and mortar. That's pretty legitimate. I don't know, but the fact that they did the the old like, no, we aren't selling alcohol. We're giving it away for free, and if people want to give us twenty dollars at the door to get in, then it's free choice. And there will be bartenders for some reason. <laughs> To give away the free alcohol that is free. Right. Very funny. Uh, sucks that I guess Pitt students have one less bar to go to now, but um, I, I don't know. I, I got a kick out of that one. I'll go next. This is an easy transition from illegal activity by shady people. I just watched the, Bic- the Bishop Sycamore documentary on HBO. And there's been a stretch of sports documentaries that have been a real letdown. Like the Swamp Kings was just Netflix letting Urban Meyer say whatever he wanted unchecked. Despite Urban Meyer having like 40 players arrested in one season, he said he ran his program like the military. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. You're a good guy, Urban. Like held him to the high standard. That was a bit of a letdown. But this HBO documentary with Bishop Sycamore did not let down because they had. The head coach, colossal scumbag, notorious liar, con man. They had players. They had like the moms of a couple players, and they would just talk about all the things he would do. And the smug coach would lie, like snake oil salesman. Like, oh yeah, no, this was all good. I did this. I did that. I cared all this. But the director behind the camera would be like, well, what about these people suing you? Haven't you been charged with? theft at like a bunch of walmarts didn't you not do this like they put him on blast and he looked like an idiot and it was very entertaining to watch so i know you probably know the story about bishop sycamore heard it a hundred times but this is still entertaining to watch if you are looking for something to watch so recommend oh yeah very well done bishop sycamore that situation like unfolding in real time on Twitter and like while they're playing a game on national TV is still one of the most bizarre things I've ever witnessed. Yeah, not to spoil it, but they have a reporter. He's like an Ohio sports guy. And he said he pitched the story about Bishop Sycamore to news stations in the area like, hey, this isn't a real school. This is what this guy is doing. They're like, yeah, I don't really know what to do with this. And then not until it was on ESPN and ESPN got duped. It became a story. So he was talking about like all the things that were happening behind the curtain before everyone found out on Twitter that one fateful day when a team of like 24 year olds just lost to the best high school team in the country. He was calling that. What was he calling it? Like a high school prep school hybrid. Like that's not, yes, that's not a thing. <laughs> he said there's, he kept saying there's no laws against this. And they'd be like, yeah, well, there's also no laws against, like, I can't even think of it right now, but it's like, yeah, there's no laws against this because nobody thought anybody would be that absurd to try this. Uh, One of my favorite facts about Bishop Sycamore is the fact that they played IMG Academy on national TV on ESPN 
on, I think, a Sunday, Saturday or Sunday, three days prior, they lost to Stow Rocks in a you game. Know the crazy play- part about that? The team didn't know about it until like four days prior. He just walked into the locker room and was like, hey, we picked up a game on Friday. I think it's going to help us out. And they're all like, what? <laughs> yeah, so two days prior to playing the biggest high school football factory in the nation, you just lost to like a double-A Whitfield school. Shout out to Stowe Rocks. I mean, they have, they, they're they a good program, but it's also 2A Whitfield ball, not IMG. Could you imagine at our big-ass age running two full-tackle football games back-to-back in a weekend? No, I can't imagine that. I would die. Yeah, me too. My final thought. Uh, so unfortunately, I missed uh, the the game this weekend. I mean, I watched it. I just wasn't there physically. I was at a bachelor party in New Orleans. And uh, on our way down, we realized like, oh, Tulane is in New Orleans. Tulane is ranked. Tulane is hosting Old Miss, who is also ranked in New Orleans. We should go to Tulane and enjoy this top 20, top 25, you know, Southern powerhouse football matchup and enjoy it. And it, it lived up to the hype, man. We, we, we posted up at a Tulane bar and it was such a cool experience. Um, Tulane is a sweet school, all of their gear, the powder blues. So, so very cool. Um, and old Miss fans travel like you wouldn't believe. And I understand, like, oh, our team's playing in New Orleans. Yeah, all right. Let's let's go watch some football and then get hammered on Bourbon Street. But it was still like probably more people in Ole Miss down there than could fit in Tulane Stadium. Um I made a lot of observations because I've never gotten to see SEC football up close. Um First of all, everything you hear about uh, SEC couples being um, the prettiest girl you've ever seen and just some absolute toe of a dude, astoundingly correct. Wearing a a team-issued polo. Team-issued polo tucked into the shortest little khakis you've ever seen and boat shoes. Um, And he is 5'7". Uh, but he's going to marry her for some reason. Uh, anyway, um, none of those kids are even from the South anymore. Uh, I was I was under this impression to go to Ole Miss if you weren't from Mississippi. Like, good luck. Good luck making friends. Good luck participating in the social life. Um, everybody there I met was from, like, some major city and was just like, yeah, I read a lot of TFM growing up, so I just applied to Ole Miss. So that's interesting. Um yeah, seeing them out after a huge top 25 win in which they looked great on Bourbon Street, it broke my heart, man. Like that juxtaposition, Pitt losing to Cincinnati in a game they shouldn't have lost in a stadium that wasn't full. Yeah, I'm going there. While the entire state of Mississippi was down in New Orleans shucking it up, yucking it up, shucking. I don't know. That's an old person term. Yucking it up in New Orleans uh, with their cheers and their traditions and like 
everything that comes with being a Southern SEC football school, it just really compounded the misery. It was, it was tough. I'm so glad I got to experience that. I need to go see a game in Oxford or Tuscaloosa or Athens or Austin. But like that was, that was some real salt in the wound. Probably get tickets to the Alabama game pretty cheap because they just lost. It's going to be a down year for Pitt and Alabama. It sucks for the sport. Those kids from Ole Miss will never know what it's like to raise an ACC championship trophy in Charlotte. Or an SEC championship trophy anywhere. They've never Correct. had big shot bobs either. You're right. And they'll have never attended a backyard brawl in Morgantown. So with that, fellas, we've got a few days before the game. We're going to experience a backyard brawl in Morgantown as pit fans. We're going for better or for worse, for better or for worse. We're going into enemy territory. I think we need to do some pleading here, fellas. We need to win. Uh, there's no other option. We need to win this game. So, please. That, that being said, please, please, please win. Please win. Please. I don't need to tell any yins what it's going to be like around this program if we lose this game on Saturday. So, please, on bended knee, win. Just win the game. Not that hard. Literally just win. Hail loyal sons of Pittsburgh. Please win. Please. And that's going to do it here for the Loyal Sons Show. The incredibly handsome and talented Dylan, David, and Squid are signing off. Until next time, Panther fans, H2P.